این ترک زنگ نشکتیم و یشکایم یروبال و گیدان و خلام شریطای سگرون هز سازبل امانت پیپل وفیم because he is rallied the troops from not just his own chapter but also from Asher and Zvillin and Naftali and he marches with his whole army that was on one side of the mountain and the army of Midian is going to be given and the army of Midian and all the other the Kedal that they had gathered together with them were in the valley which was the north of where he was so they were Starting ready to confront the army of Midian, but now we see a surprising thing. By Yemer Hashem will give them. Hashem says to give one. Rav ha'Omer Sheritoch. There are too many people with you. Mititi as Midian biyada for me to give Midian into your hands, which means you too you too strong. There's too many soldiers you have with you that Hashem was going to, so to speak, give you victory over Midian. And why that? Why is the fact that there are too many soldiers an issue? Why would that be a problem? Pen yispar alai Yisrael leimar yadi hoysheli, because there's a Hashem says if there's a sensible Jewish army, then they're going to say that it was their own strength that was successful. They're not going to attribute the victory to Hashem, because even though Midian was still superior to the Jewish army that Gideon had gathered. But nevertheless, there were enough people that they could be led to think that they would be the sort of the force of the victory. And remember, we're talking about a nation which wasn't that obedient to Hashem, or that subservient to Hashem. The reason they had been, so to speak, subjugated by Midian was definitely because of the desire. And therefore, if Hashem wants to give a victory to Gideon, He wants it to be in a way which is clear that it's, it'll bring the people back to serving Hashem. And in a case where there's an option of people thinking that it's due to their own uh, prowess or strength or tactics, so Hashem doesn't want to doesn't want to give them the victory. Yeah. Yeah. If the Jewish uh, what does Hashem want? Anybody who's afraid, Yashayim, he should leave the camp of the army. Ve'yitzvar, there's different translations for Yitzvar. Either it means he should leave in the morning, from the word Safra, which is the Aramaic word for morning, or he should look from, and he should go to Mahara Gilad from a distance, from a distance. Twenty-two thousand people left, and ten thousand remained. Question: Is there a connection between the fact that they were at Ein Charod and asked me Charad Charad? Yes, I was about to say that. Hundred percent right. Uh, it's not for nothing that the place was Ein Charod, which means Ein is always the point of something, the place of Charod, but the Russian Charod is to be afraid. So that was where the majority of the army left Gilm because they felt that they were too afraid to fight. And did they name it that after they, they were Charod? So they named it Ein Charod? When did the place It's a good question. It doesn't say anything in the Fashim, but on the other hand, we also don't find the place called Ein Charod until now. So it could be it was named as the court because of this event. Um, now that's not, not a Kiddush because that's a Torah requirement. The Torah says that before the Jewish army goes to battle, so the coin has to get up and announce that ever built a new house or married or engaged to a wife or whatever it is, he has to leave the battlefield. And afterwards the Shochem got up and said, anybody who's Yarei Barachalevo, 
Anyone who's too afraid to go to battle should leave as well. And therefore, so far, the fact that the army's been trimmed uh, from 32,000 people down to 10 wasn't a special a special requirement which Hashem wanted from Gidon. It was a Torah's requirement. We don't take soldiers who are afraid into battle. The reason for that? The reason for that is twofold. The simple chat with the Gemara and Saita is because they're going to undermine the morale of Kali Yisrael. Uh, when the soldiers are afraid, and because that they, they're going to be less willing to stand up and fight, or more more likely, more prone to surrender or run, then if that's the case, once some soldiers, so as they can abandon their posts, it's going to have an effect on everyone else, and therefore, just on a physical, simple level, um, to force soldiers to fight when they aren't when they aren't in the mindset of what they want to win, or they think they're going to win, is uh, is deleterious to the morale of the whole army. There's a second reason also, and that is a soldier who's afraid is missing the schus he needs to survive. The kayak that the Jewish army had was These have their chariots and their horses or their cavalry, whatever it might be, but we're fighting Hashem Hashem. And if that's the case, the soldier is meant to go forward with confidence. If he is relying on Hashem, then, uh, then there's no reason to be afraid. And if a soldier is afraid, then he can't rely on his emunah to to make to help him survive the war, in which case his belly shouldn't be there. Okay, so, so the, the first step of, so to speak, filling the ranks of Gideon soldiers was what the Torah wanted. That whoever's afraid should leave, and like we saw, a majority of the army left. But even now we have 10,000 people left, 10,000 people who are not afraid to fight. And that's really saying a lot for these people because they're talking against a vastly superior army. And even though there's a, they're outnumbered, they're still willing to fight, that says a lot that they were, they were so to speak, that they weren't afraid, that they were willing to fight. But there's still too many people. Still the people is too much. And therefore, we have to find another way to minimize the amount of people that there are. So how is Hashem going to do that? Take him down to the river, to the water. And once again, the same showish. Right. Take him down to the river. And I'm going to refine them. From the word tiruf is like it says if the person wants to purify silver, so it's considered being mitzarif. So setting up here, Hashem wants to, so to speak, purify the ranks of the soldiers. Hashem said, I'm going to decide who I want and who I don't want, and therefore you have to listen to the one. The people I tell you to take, you'll take. The people I tell you not to take, you won't take. Now, the idea here of etzrefenu isn't just a mash, it has a second meaning. In other words, until now, the mashmoor was there just too many people. And therefore, we just take the percentage and that's enough. Hashem doesn't want 10,000 people. It's still too, 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 too formidable a force that people... Those people will think that they were the ones who brought about the victory. So Hashem could have just said, take a random thousand of them, or however much he wants. But rather, there's going to be a, 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 selection, a process. selection process of who Hashem wants, and there's not just based on numbers, but based on the who deserves to go. Obviously, only Hashem can tell that, because Hashem can see to people's hearts, whereas Gideon couldn't, and therefore Hashem says, I'm going to be the one to decide who's going to go and who's not. Okay, so what was the test going to be? So Gideon brings the people to the water. So now the idea of going into the water was he told everyone to drink. 
And Hashem says to this is the test. You're going to make two separate groups. Now, how is one going to drink water from the river if they didn't have a cup? They didn't have anything to catch the water in. So there's two options. The one option is to, for a person, put his head or his mouth into the water and like kind of lap it up as kashayalak kalev, which means it's his time to bring the water into his mouth. The second way would be to, so to speak, kneel down on his knees and just cap his hands and catch all his hands and bring it to his mouth like that. So there's two, there's two ways to do that. Obviously, if a person is using his hands, there's no reason for him to lie flat on the floor. Right? If he's using his hands, he needs the mobility of his arms. He has to like, be in a crouching position or a kneeling position to use his hands. Whereas if a person wants to actually get his head down to the water surface so he can drink straight from his mouth, so then he's going to have to lie down straight. So that was the selection of those who would drink as opposed to those who would cup the water and bring it with their hands. And the ones who brought the water from their hands to their mouths was 300. Right, so that was the one. And then the rest of them bent like kneel down to drink the water so what is what is going to want from this so the what? malaka came are the, are the second people mentioned in Kansakim right the Kara are the first people so the the the, the is the ones who went down to like lay down to drink and the ones in the malaka um were the ones who kept the water in their hands and drank like that Everyone else who doesn't want. What was the idea for that? But the ones, like, like you said correctly, the ones who went down their knees was, before uh, I was a similar that they were used to being career on their knees of the Zara. That's what the Marikara says here. And uh, therefore, they would, they would they, and some Rashi says from the Tarkham also, that they were the Mudim Nikhrad of the Zara. The ones who went down on their knees, which drank directly from the water, um, would be the ones that Hashem doesn't want. Whereas the ones who cut the wood in their hands and brought it to the mouth, the ones that Hashem doesn't. So they both went down on their knees? No, the ones, well, I mean, it's obviously a different position. The ones who would go down in a position of bound to Tavir Zara. Right, the, the, the knees the down and head all the way down. Right, so that would be. Mishtachavet. That would be like the That's like the Vodazara. Right, and the ones who would cut the wood to their hands and drink like that, those are the ones that Hashem wants. They weren't used to prostrating themselves. Um, it's, a, it's a test to see who had done, who was accustomed right. to doing it. And therefore, the tariff was who's more accustomed to bearing down to Avedazara. And Rashi says also, the Malachi Biyadam was that there wasn't the same way of being career, of bowing down, as if a person needs to if he wants to lap up the water with his mouth. That's like full frustration. So he bowed down completely, as opposed to the ones who only went on their knees to get the water. It's interesting that these people that were over there by desire, they weren't scared to go to Muhammad. Right, that's exactly what we're going to ask. 
uh, and that is, so we say that Hashem is separating the camp into two, those who, those who were right to go to battle, or those who weren't over the way to Zara, and those who weren't right to go to battle, were the ones who were over the way to Zara. And it's interesting, like Daniel pointed out, let's make the same observation, that we see that these people were among the 10,000 who weren't scared. Who weren't scared. And uh, the Lakota is, that's exactly what Hashem didn't want. Because their, the source of their confidence didn't come from Himun. If they'd been over the way to Zaris, they weren't confident because they were relying on Hashem. They were confident either because they were relying on themselves or, or they were relying on the way to Zara, whichever one it was going to be. And if that's the case, so then that those are the ones which if they're going to be victorious, it's not going to it's not going to come across as a nest. It's not going to come across as a nest because they're going to say this is our prowess, this is our skill. As unfortunately we've seen here in Israel. There have been a number of battles where the Yad Hashem has been evident and yet you will still get those combat officers or pilots or whatever it's going to be who absolutely deny it. This was our training, this was our superior firepower, this was our resolve, whatever it's going to be. And uh, you can't force someone to see an ace. If a person doesn't have the basis of Sivimuna, so yes, they could be confident and they could attribute the victory to themselves. And the nest can be there, but the masses are not going to recognize the nest. That's why here, when Hashem wants to do a nest, He doesn't want that to happen. And therefore, besides the fact that He doesn't want too many soldiers, He also doesn't want soldiers who are going to take the credit for themselves. And uh, in that or case, for or for their vote Or And in that, in that case, their confidence wasn't necessarily a matter, because it wasn't coming from a bit of Hashem. They only came because they saw the Ruach. That was the people of his own tribe. But then he sent messages to gather everybody else. So his own tribe was less than 300 people? We don't, I don't know. It doesn't give us numbers of, of how many there were. But uh, it, could be, it could be the ones who came from his own family were the ones who were inspired by the Ruach Hashem, which, which Gideon had. Now, now that we've narrowed down the fighting force to 300 people, which is definitely not a significant amount against the whole army of Aram, of Midian. So what happens next? They took the provisions of the whole army with them, the Esrepresayim, and the Esrepres, which was always a sign of the bugle to announce battle, or to rally the troops, that they took with them. And the rest of the camp, the rest of the the, the people, he sent them all home. So he held on to the 300 people that remained, and now again, once again, Machne Midian was underneath him in the valley. Um, it's uh, obviously the Nach doesn't tell us from the other perspective, but if you think for a second, what it must have, the other soldiers must have thought. In other words, they came to fight, uh, a lot of them, 32,000 people we started with, and uh, they, they felt that this way there's a, they have a fighting chance against Midian. Okay, and then what happens? Get on the general, um, basically sends everybody home again. Keeps 300 people. So it must have looked to all the soldiers who would be willing to fight and been sent back again. And this was like a suicidal mission. But clearly, you you want to fight Midian and you're getting rid of all your whole army. Mm-hmm. But it was necessary to do that because that's just going to compound the nest. And as all the soldiers who let who were sent home, and I'm sure felt they were convinced that there's no way that. With our of us, they're going to win the battle. I don't know. That's just there to make the nest more obvious because 
they for sure didn't feel that without them there was going to be any victory. And uh, Mimele, that, that, that makes the, the fact that there wasn't this all the more impressive. What's the business of taking Seydah Haram? Why are they taking the provisions? Yeah, and why is it tell us? Because what's the obvious things missing in the Pasuk? An army is preparing for war. So they take the provisions, they take the weapons. And they didn't take weapons. Where are the weapons? Did they have weapons? No, they didn't have weapons. <laughs> and that was part of the problem we saw before. That Midian uh, took everything from them. So then that's all they took. That's all they could take. They had no steel. They had no, right. they had nothing to make swords. Later on, also in the Shaykh team, they didn't have uh, swords or anything like that. What they had was uh, the shepherds that they had, and they had their food. And that's all. That's how they went to battle. Which, again, it's a, it's a very strange way of going to fight. Okay, uh, but, but the 10,000 who left seem to feel that it was feasible to win. Oh, so what, in other words, what did they have? They, they had like, like wooden sticks, like the, the farm the tools, farm tools the, the yoke, right. the well, ox. Well, that or rocks. So he's catapult, I don't know what they were going to do, but uh, the, 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 we see that. The, and we'll see that. That's all the question. That's the, that's the, the, the nace, or part of the nace of the bat. We find this also. When it talks of, there's a Midrash, which talks about when the Chashmulayim went to fight against the Yavanim. So also the way, way, it's weaker and much, much smaller force, a few people against thousands and thousands, were they armed with an arrow? But as you had killed... The, the, the sword. Right, no, they had, they had swords, that wasn't the shayla, but did they go out armed to fight? There's a chazal, which I once heard from Rav Shlomo Bratta, they don't go out armed, because they thought it's not going to make a difference. Five people with swords without swords make a difference. You're, you're fighting chariots in battle that are concerned of thousands and thousands of people. Your sword isn't going to make a difference one way or the other. So there's a chazal that says they went out without battle. There's no point. They went out without swords. So what happened? What happened? So uh, it's a midrash. The midrash says, it happened was Hashem sent the Malachim, and basically they were, the Malachim worked as a shield. That all the arrows or back in the catapult stones that the Greeks shot at them, just Malachim turned them around. So the firepower or the arrow power, whatever you want to call it, that the Greeks were shooting at them, they just reversed and shot and came back again. They, 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 they didn't have anything to do. And this actually answers the question, just on the side point. But this midrash was is fascinating because besides the fact that it makes the nice of the victory against Yavin all the more impressive. But uh, there's a second point to this, and that is the answer to the halachic question. There's a din in the Gemara. The Gemara says that a kain who's killed somebody can't do the avodah. He can't do it, he can't do the avodah. And the postman asks the question, does that mean he killed somebody in a case where it was wrong to kill somebody? He was chasashon a murderer, even b'shege? Or even if you kill someone, it was right to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's a din in the Torah that said that a bad harakah or hashkam harakah. If someone's coming to kill you, you the harakah is you must kill them first. Or if a person is a shliach based in, and his job is to be the executioner, so then he's a tibur. When based in the side of somebody's chayv, he says to kill him. And the discussion in the post game, if a coin would be in that position, if a coin would be in that position, uh, is he allowed still to do and is he still allowed to do avoda? Because isn't it a din that his hands have shed blood and therefore they're not kasha for avoda? Or there then that he did an Avera by shedding blood. And if that's the case, if there wasn't an Avera, if it was required in the circumstances, it was Muta. And this is actually a practical child I saw in the, after the Holocaust. There were one or two partisans who were coming. And they had been involved in killing Germans, which was for sure a Muta. 
And also for sure, Avala Haragai Chayashim Haragai, so they definitely didn't do anything wrong. But the question was asked, now that there was Avala, they had to do it. Dukhin is not to bring the Korban. Yeah, but I love to say that uh, Korban is, who's killed somebody is not a Dukhin. Uh, his hands, which have been used as a source of murder, can't be used to bring Brach. So the question is, okay, it's like that, which is just not like a Sabayaski. So I'm always wondering, why didn't they arrive from the Hashmonaim? The Hashmonaim were Korban, they went to battle. They won the battle, and then they came, and then they went into Dava in the Basin Mignesh. So you have a first right that Korban who had killed, Korban who had been involved in battle, then went on to the Dava. Why? Because we'll say they had a mitzvah. They were, they were taking kais or they were killing their enemies. But if you have this midrash, it's not a raya anymore because the kubbeh didn't kill anybody. They stood there and the malachim were the ones who reversed all the arrows or whatever it was. So they actually hadn't committed any, they never had a weapon. They didn't kill anyone themselves. Matisio, that's true. We find that Matisio killed the general who, who wanted him to bring a chazer on the mizbeh. But we don't find after Matisio was a kai because Matisio died during the battle. It was only his son who became the Kodim afterwards, so he had a Beriah, he had the Dabur himself again. What about from last week's Pasha? Is that a Beriah? So they bring a Beriah from That's Rav. That's the Levim. It says all of the Levim came in Chayol, so there's only Aaron. four. Three, three, three Kohanim. We don't know if Aaron came, especially since Aaron was somewhat to blame with that. So that doesn't say that he was involved. And his son just... I don't know, it doesn't say that. Shev is only. Pinchas. Pinchas was the exception. Oh, yeah. Pinchas is the right, Pinchas is the exception. But he wasn't coming yet. He was yeah, made a coin because of that. You're right. That's the question, but that's the exception. That was given to him as a reward. So it was given to him as a reward. You're right. Pinchas killed, not, he killed off the dessert. He killed, he killed Bino. But we don't know if he did the boat on the base of Ekdash. Sure, he's going on. Pinchas. Pinchas is going on. The town of the Shetan, yeah. Oh, the story right. happened. Pinchas is going on. Oh, right. So you're right. Pinchas killed two people. He killed them really, and obviously killed Bino. But, uh, like I said, that was an exception. That was, well, the matana which was given to him for doing that was to become a coin. So, you can't bring rights from that. Uh, and, but we see that by David, he didn't talk about it, but like, we saw by David that since he spilled blood... He wasn't allowed to build the rest of the 100%, same thing. Even though there was the Makkah and the Tzarek or whatever, it was war, blood. Right, it's not the same thing now. Because there, 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 there wasn't a din of the, the fact that his hands had spilled blood. There was an Ishmu Khamisata. Your job was to fight battles. It's a, a, a Shema's job who's going to build a, a, a reign of peace. So that's where the message has to come from. I mean, he can't be the Yisrael. You can't be the Yisrael of 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 Yisrael It's meant to be a universal place where people can turn to in Tfilah, which means it has to be it's from the reign of a king who, in whose reign is peace. Right, so again, someone who's always fighting battles, so that it's definitely not going to, if he's one of the best in Mikdash, the Yisrael isn't going to be something which like is... Like not the No. The coin is that his hands are a source of bracha, and the hands which are used to kill can't be a source of bracha. It's a sort of thing, like I said, you know, the din, the day, the day, the day, the day, the day, can't be used to avoid it. So it's the same word, I think, it's not the same word. It could be, but we can't bring the right one. It wasn't because David did wrong with the rat. His position was as as someone had to fight Muhammad. So it might be, also, it might be, if it was right, he might not have, it might right. not apply. Why? Because because it could be the din that the coin can't do it. It's because he just hands for an aver. Whereas that's the shine. Is it the aver or is it the rachet? Okay. So anyway, so then we see a midrash there that they didn't have, they didn't go with weapons, and the same thing over here. They didn't go with weapons. They went with food and they went with shofars. 
Okay, so what happened next? Is so that considered proper hishtatlus? In a case like this, where well, well, what, what, there was a Hashem sent him to go. Without weapons? But didn't have. Hashem told him to go. So it's a fact. What's going to happen? When you go to war, you go to war with weapons. But not if Hashem gives you a direct instruction and you're relying on him to do an ace. Then you're what? You're relying on him to do an ace. If Hashem said, I'm going to give you a million and I'm going to fight without mm-hmm. weapons, then Hashem will make it happen without weapons. As we're going to see next time, what happened, how that happened. They didn't need to fight. At the end of the day, uh, the war with weapons. What we need to ask the question is when we actually see what happens, that they didn't need weapons. So then if that's the case, let's come back to what we said before. What's the difference if you have 300 people or 10,000 people? If you actually fought, you can say, wow, we were so strong, we won. We had, like, had a great strategy or we were, we were fierce warriors. We won. But you're not going to fight anyway because you aren't armed. So if it's going to happen by itself, so then might have mean that if you more people or less people. It's quite clear you didn't do anything. So why would it make a difference to the nice how many people were involved? And this just brings out the point we said before. And that is, you can't use logic when it comes to people that don't have a money. If you're talking about the people who lay down as Australian themselves as they would to Navarra Zara, so then they would say, well, no, there's so many of us that we were terrified. Or they would find some other reason to explain why it wasn't a nice. Because Brokul always leaves an avenue for people to have uh, a choice, a choice to believe in Hashem or not to believe in Hashem. Yeah. If it's such a miracle that it's obvious that Hashem did everything, then there's no Bechira. The, yes, we find that, like by Kriyas Yamasuf and other times. Yeah. Hashem does Nisim, and it's a clear Nis. Well, then, why would he do it here? Why would he make it like, this, like the wars we have here? So he wants to do a Nis. It's your choice saying. to believe it's a Nis or it's the, the power of the army. It's a choice. Uh, you see, I didn't want that. Hashem didn't want that. Hashem made sure there wouldn't yeah. be a big army, so that there wouldn't be the option yeah. of thinking it. And doesn't. the reason is, as you said earlier, Hashem wanted them to do tshuva. Right. Exactly. And therefore, man, the nice is going to be clear. And therefore, having people who don't have a muna, even if the nice are not going to actually be involved in fighting, they will still find a, a reason to explain why it wasn't the nest. Hashem didn't want the nest. The ones who are going to be the only the ones who yeah. would understand what happens next is the nest.